The Emotionally Uncomfortable Podcast is going live. Yes, you heard that correct. You can come ask your questions and get free live coaching. I'm going to be talking about all things attracting profit and parenting, which if you've been around for a while, profit equals time flexibility, emotional freedom, and all things money and wealth building. And of course, parenting. Come ask about why your kids do what they do, how to motivate your teens, and how you can become the adults they need. And the cool side effect is you can apply these principles to other relationships in your life, like your marriage, team building, and even your own parents. Head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash live to check out the next live podcast recording dates and topics. That's heatherchauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E. See you there. I get a lot of questions about boundaries, how to set them. And today I wanted to share not only a book, but a podcast that you need to listen to. You need to check out Terry Cole. Her podcast is called The Terry Cole Show, T-E-R-R-I. And she's the author of the book, Boundary Boss. This is for anyone who wants to learn how to set healthy boundaries with ease, communicate effectively, learn mindfulness practices, and real life strategies to increase your joy, determination, empowerment, and self-mastery. What I actually love about Terry Cole's show is she takes these complex psychological concepts and makes them accessible and actionable so you can take away what you just learned and implement it in your own life. And she also interviews some amazing experts um, on topics that cover mental wellness. Go check out her podcast, The Terry Cole Show, and check out her book as well, Boundary Boss. Why I think delegation and outsourcing, hiring the right support and leading a team is more challenging for women than men and what to do about it. Hello, ladies. I'm back. And today I'm going to talk about outsourcing in general. And I think this is a really important topic, not just um, for women who are maybe business owners and it is more socially acceptable to outsource and hire, um, but women in general. And it doesn't matter if you are, I hate titles. You're a woman raising children, professional woman raising children, because that's primarily who I work with. You may work in corporate. You may be a business owner. You may work from home in some capacity. Uh, You may be the home manager of your life, aka what they traditionally call stay-at-home mom, but that is a full-time career as well. Regardless, we're doing a lot as women. And outsourcing is one of those things that a lot of people talk about and they'll say, hire, outsource. But I think the challenge for women specifically is 
we don't even think of outsourcing because we automatically do it ourselves. It's an automatic response. We've been, there's the gender roles, there's the pay gap, um, the way that our brain functions um, is different. And I want to say male and female, but I understand that we cannot put everybody in a category. So you may identify as this, you may not identify as this, but there's a lot going on when we make decisions or how we sabotage ourselves from growing and scaling and becoming the best version of ourselves in our, in our lives. And so I'm going to share a few stories that I've noticed and experienced with myself. Um, and then I'm going to share some very tangible action steps that I have taken to create more time and energy. But before I even get into that, I want to note that I recently um, hired one of my first male business coaches. And I've had many mentors in my day or in my career of my business for over a decade now. And for some of you, if you are a business owner, again, I don't attract everybody who is a business owner because I talk a lot about fulfillment and work-life balance and spirituality and living in alignment with how you want to feel and parenting and all the things. But most likely for the last, most of the last decade, I've invested in female business support when I've been investing in my business. And I feel like I'm at a point where I'm like very confident in my ability to my, what I would call discernment and my ability to um, discern what is right for me and what is not wrong for me and how I can make something my own. So number one, number one is what I noticed is how much easier it is for the male brain to focus on, to focus in general, task at hand. The female brain is designed to multitask, even though multitasking is not necessarily productive. But if you looked, they say if you, you know, had a picture of the male and female brain, the male brain is like a box, right? Like one box at a time, one linear focus. And the female brain would look like spaghetti, wires all over the place. We can think about multiple things at once. The male brain tend to, like can um, has a tendency not to be able to do that. So, but think about the cultural expectation. Um, the cultural expectation for men generally is to serve and provide. And so when they're serving and providing, everything else is being taken care of for them. They're being nurtured typically by a female and they don't have to focus on all of that stuff, the homestead stuff, right? So just from there, you put a female in a male role and I'm using like female and male, but please understand like a modern working woman all of a sudden has not taken like the other home stuff off of her plate. But here's the point. And you may or may not resonate with this, but when I hired this male mentor, I was observing, and part of the reason why I hired a male mentor is because I wanted to see, okay, how do you manage this all? And how can I make this my own? And there's no guilt in outsourcing, especially the more successful you become, you realize that 
you cannot become successful and achieve your bigger vision, either personally or professionally, without support. Like that's a non-negotiable. If you look at anybody who you're like, how do they do it all? Like nobody fucking does it all. We need to stop asking that question. But the only reason why people fulfill their visions for themselves is because they hire support. It can be a team. It can be personal coaches to challenge them to become better. It can be outsourcing areas of their lives where they do not know what they're doing. So they hire an expert to do that. Um, So many things, so many things. So I watch and observe this and I'm like, this is so easy for them. Um, maybe not like I'm probably projecting a little bit here, but it's, it comes second nature. It's the same as the opposite, right? Where women have traditionally been, um, like gender roles of being the nurturer provider. It's like at home where someone is, you know, the woman is inside, she's cooking and cleaning and the man's outside taking care of the yard work. My point is, yes, I know I'm using gender stereotypes, is we will have a tendency of our comfort zone. This is why I think it is really extra important for women to learn how to outsource and ask for help. So here's a situation that recently came up for me. So I am still, we bought our cottage, we're renovating it, um not a complete renovation, but we're updating it um, so that I can start hosting people here. I can start hosting events. I can start hosting retreats, just modernizing it a little bit, um, you know, putting cozy beds, making sure that everyone feels very cozy and like has a very elevated experience here. Of course, that is, there's a lot of energy and output that happens here. But we're we're on a budget. I'm not like, you know, throwing money at the problem, but I am also the type of person that is very handy and resilient and gritty. And I actually love doing a lot of that stuff. So when we got the cottage, the first thing we do is we emptied the garbage and like all the beds, like anything that we weren't keeping, we got a bin and we emptied it all out. Of course, we can hire, we can outsource all of this, right? Like there's always somebody who can help you. But sometimes you just, you know, you got to put in some elbow grease. Not everything needs to be outsourced. But I gave myself a week. I was like, okay, we'll do this for a week, but I am not burning out. So I want you to hear me when I say that. Write that down. I am not going to burn out. I will not allow myself to run into the ground because we have another project. Because when you think about this, success comes when you're buying back your time and energy. Success comes when you create more capacity for yourself, right? I talk a lot about profit, especially for my my business um, clients. Profit. Cultivating and creating more profit in your business is not just about money, but it's time and energy. In particular, I noticed a few days in from having this cottage, I could feel, I started to feel a little numb and a little like burnt out. Like if I continued on that journey, it wouldn't have been sustainable. And I'm like, this is where people screw themselves from fulfillment and joy and ease and abundance and profit because you don't, you're so disconnected from your body and, and like speaking your truth and asking for what you want. And it's not sustainable that this is how we burn out and just 
feel so much lack in our lives, right? So I always say, how do you want to feel? I know that every single day of my life, I want to feel as energized as possible, as joyful as possible, like ease and connected. I also am a realist and understand that I'm a human being. I'm not going to feel these things 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But if my compass, my internal compass is focused on how do I want to feel when I get off track, I can course correct. Most of us don't do that, right? We haven't been taught to do that. We've been taught to check the boxes, push, um, achieve, do more, do more, do more. And then you end up with the money in your bank account or you end up with the accolades and the awards and all the things and you're so miserable and depressed and unfulfilled. So in order to, great, get the accolades, get the revenue, get the money, get the fulfilled relationships, get the sense of purpose, all the things, you have to do it all in a sustainable way. So here I am. How do I want to feel? I want to feel alive and energized. And to be honest, sometimes the elbow grease, the gritty work, like that allows me to feel energized because I feel so productive or proud of myself. So after the first week of decluttering, and to be honest, since I've been working out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so strong. This is amazing. Um, I was like, this is not going to be sustainable. I don't need to be everything here. And also I'm still working, right? So I still had to use my creative brain. I still do that, blah, blah, blah. So had a conversation with my husband and I was like, great, we're going to start kicking it up a notch and we're going to start outsourcing. Okay. This is where I want you to pay attention and be like, how do I do this in my life? So we, I painted a room and it took longer than it probably should. And I thought, I can make more money focusing on my business or investing money than I can by the quote unquote hours that I lost by painting this room for two days. So if I can hire somebody for a few hundred dollars to paint this room, I'm going to be buying back my time and energy so that I can do what I want. But I can also, if I want to invest those two days, I can invest those two days into my work to make more money, right? So this is the cycle. This is the mindset of what I want you to think about. But painting also brings me joy. But after I did the paint in that room, I thought, my paint cup is full. I'm not going to paint the rest of this house my paint cup is full. Like it checked the box of allowing me to have a little bit of elbow grease in this process, like a little project so that I feel complete. But I'm like, if I do any more, I'm going to become angry and resentful. And I just don't want to live like that. The next was the floor. So we had to redo the floor. It was like a 12 by 12 room. And we go and get this like vinyl flooring from Costco and great product, whatever. So Here's the part that was very tricky. Growing up, and this is where your daddy issues come out. Growing up, my dad is super handy. And a lot of the connection time that I had with my father was doing house renovations. So I was painting next to him. I learned how to like lay tile and do the floor. I actually became incredibly handy because of my father. My dad is still around. And so I started texting him about this floor. So he sends me some tools from, he actually dropped off some tools and then he sends me some tools from Amazon on like how to install this floor. 
And immediately I could feel myself, my little, my little Heather being like, this is an opportunity for my dad and I to create connection, which is through, he's not going to physically be here, but like I can make my dad proud by finishing this floor. Okay. And I think this was like a subconscious conversation with myself. And, but then there was a part of me that also wanted to do it because I like figuring things out that I can't do. And it's just part of my personality and part of who I've had to become, which is you figure shit out as you go. And if you don't know it, you do YouTube, you ask around, whatever. So I'm texting my dad back and forth and I'm like, this isn't working. So my husband and I, my husband's not super handy. We're trying to figure this out together. We're a few hours in and I am not in alignment with how I want to feel. So I started this project thinking it can be emotionally uncomfortable. It can be challenging and it can take a lot of time. But if it's just not working, I know I'm doing something wrong and it's going to screw up the rest of the room and I'm just not going to do that. So it didn't start off on a good foot and it wasn't getting any easier. It wasn't working. It wasn't just like, you know, physically hard. So I'm texting my dad back and forth and he's telling me what to do and we're creating connection and blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I'm watching my body and I'm becoming angry and resentful. And I'm thinking, I'm not super far into this project now. If I do this, it's I'm wasting a few days of my life. Like I could be on the water with the kids. I could be working on my business. I could literally be running a marathon, doing something that allows me to feel more alive and aligned than this. I'm now becoming angry and resentful. When I become angry and resentful towards something, that's when I know I have crossed my internal boundary with myself. Let me repeat that again. When I become angry and resentful for a specific task that I am doing, it might be a task that I need to outsource. It might be a task that somebody else on my team is supposed to be doing. It might be because I'm angry. There's so many reasons why you can become angry and resentful towards specific things, right? And to be honest, I'm just going to talk about the pink elephant in the room. Not everyone has the privilege of outsourcing everything, right? I did not always have the privilege of outsourcing. When you're used to living in survival mode or you've been like a single mom or like I was when I was 18 years old, um, sole income earner, like you figure out how to hustle. But if that's your identity and you never change it, that's a recipe for disaster and burnout and overwhelm. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm angry and resentful. Cool. I've been angry and resentful for like 10 minutes about this project. It's not going away. It's not going to go away. It's just going to get bigger. That is my physical body's cue to outsource. Boom, done. My physical body's cue to outsource. Do I, and then I go through a checklist. Do I know somebody that can solve this problem for me? If the answer is no, then I ask myself, do I know somebody who I can ask to find somebody to solve this problem for me? Do I have the resources for someone else to solve this problem for me? Meaning, do I have the time, the money, or the energy to have somebody else solve this time for me? I can generate time and energy, right? I can reach out to somebody. I can put the energy and effort into that. Money. 
This is where people get so hung up and they make it about the money, but it's actually not about the money. So this is where it's the chicken or the egg situation. In my situation, having somebody finish the floor for four or $500, it was not going to break the bank. And it was actually so life enhancing. We reached out to one person. We got a person to come in. He was fabulous and he's going to do more work for us. But here's where I see a lot of women sabotaging their results, either personally or professionally. And when I say personally, I mean at home, like their health, their relationships, um, ease, like mental health, emotional well-being, and of course, their, their work as well. We do not need to do it all, but we tell ourselves we can't afford it. But here's the thing. What is your priority? right? We have to prioritize our financial well-being just like our financial resources, just like we do our time and energy. And so at that time, when I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, is this a priority right now to get this project done? Do we need to get this floor done? The answer was yes, it needed to be done. Okay. Do I know somebody who can do this? Because I'm angry and resentful and I'm not going to complete the task because I'm going to live in alignment with how I want to feel and have a whole bunch of other shit I can be doing. The answer was I did not have somebody. So I took the action to find somebody. Then do I have the resources? And the answer was, yes, I have the resources. And if I think, oh my gosh, this is going to put me over the edge. I'm going to be in debt, blah, blah, blah. Then I literally have to take a good look in the mirror. And this is where I think I'm going to be a little bit different than all the other coaches out there that are like, just manifest. Yeah. But you also got to look at the opposite. You got to look at your fear, right? And this is not about sacrifice. This is about what else is not a priority for me right now. You don't need to be eating beans and rice to live your best life. You can have your favorite steak. You can have your favorite foods. Yin and yang, right? That is the the balance. And I was like, yeah, this is a priority. So we're going to get this done. But here is the other thing I want to talk about. Self-awareness. I had the self-awareness to know that I was becoming angry and resentful. I had the self-awareness to know that I could see the smile on my dad's face when he thought that his daughter is going to complete this handy woman task. <laughs> handyman, handy woman, this handy project at home. And I have no fear of disappointing my dad, but I was like, I crave connection with him. And so I, I was paying attention to, I'm not going to get the connection with my father. I'm still not going to get it this way. Right. And I'm going to outsource this shit. But I also watched how my parents, and I believe this is more of like a, a, um, generational thing. It's, it's their generation of, I need to do it all, right? Right? Like, oh, well, when the guy comes, I want you to watch him so you can do it in the other room. And I thought, this is a generational thing. I can have my own belief systems and my own belief systems are, I don't need to do it all. I've unsubscribed from that. I'm not going to do it all. I'm not going to redo this whole house with my two hands. I don't want to. That would kill me, literally. That would not bring me so much joy. No fucking thank you. But observing and watching other people's stories coming back to you on who you need to be is fascinating to me. Because I sit there and I watch, I can watch another woman project her, it could be a passive aggressive comment, it could just be just a random stranger at the grocery store, somebody being like, oh, must be nice. But I think about it all the time, the self-awareness to watch and observe other people's projections, expectations, and beliefs on 
where you should invest your time and your energy and your money is fascinating to me. As a woman, I have had to unlearn what a good mother is, what a good woman is. And I'm using air quotes. My book is titled Dying to Be a Good Mother because we're dying physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to be good for other people. And then when that physical part of us dies, the mental, the emotional part, we think we're being selfish by giving back to ourselves. But what we actually don't realize is we're taking away from those that we love by neglecting our needs and self-abandonment. So I was able to buy back some of my time and energy. I reallocated, right? I outsourced. Somebody installed the floor. I reallocated that time and energy. I hung out with my kids in the water. I helped clean the cottage and other aspects. I got ready for the family to arrive. My freaking point of all of this is the sneaky ways that women sabotage themselves when it comes to outsourcing. And I learned all of this from a man. And I will tell you, I am so fucking grateful for gender roles. And I am so grateful to learn from both. Because I think for a really, really long time, we swung to the other side of the pendulum and, you know, we became misindependent, right? Misindependent. We're working women. We do it all. We go home. I also see a lot of victim energy and victim mentality in the modern woman um, on social media. And, you know, everyone can have a new car and everyone can have the best clothes and everyone can ride around with their $5 Starbucks in their hand and silly, silly amounts of money that they're spending on Instagram ads after 10 p.m. at night. But they won't allocate any of that somebody to help them clean or they won't allocate any of that for someone to help them cook or they won't allocate any of that for laundry and I just think what if what if we started like non-emotional delegation and outsourcing when we are putting more on our plate and what I mean by this is if that is a hundred percent your job like your job is to be the house manager right You are managing everything in the household and that's your job, right? But all of a sudden, if you get a full-time job or you start a business and your business is starting to generate revenue and you're like gaining momentum there, you have to realize that you are no longer the full-time house manager. It doesn't mean that someone needs to pick up your kids and drop them off all the time, but you need everything that was on your to-do list. It's like, it needs to be equal. It needs to balance out. And if you are not going to outsource this to somebody who you're physically paying, You need to ask your partner, and I'm going to repeat this again. You need to allow your partner to be emotionally uncomfortable and feel the impact of the full load that you are carrying. And if you, if they don't have the capacity for that because you have already made an agreement with them and they're like, I'm sorry, but like I'm out here working and I just, I don't want any part to do with household management. That's fine too. But then you look them dead square in the eyes and you say, I'm fucking drowning and I need help. That's what you do. It is not fair. It is not fair for women to carry the invisible load. I truly believe that we will always carry a little bit more because, I don't know, our brains are wired to do multiple things at once. But The point of this episode is to give you permission to say, I am carrying a lot. And you know what? I do like doing grocery shopping, but I just don't have the capacity to do it. 
So if I'm going to use Instacart or if somebody else is going to do the grocery shopping for me, I need to stop being such a control freak on what my fucking vegetables look like. Because if you care that much about how your vegetables look and that is going to ruin your day, I think there's bigger problems here. Choose. What is more of a priority for me? What my vegetables look like and the yellow and greenish tone of my freaking bananas or buying back my time and energy so I can make more money in my business or so I can be present with my kids. We need to have more emotionally uncomfortable conversations with our partners. But to be honest, I think we need to have more emotionally uncomfortable conversations with ourselves. Why are we doing it all? Who are we trying to prove ourselves to? And why can't we just be content like going for a fucking walk when someone's cleaning our house or going on a vacation when our team has got it? If you are showing up with potency and intention when you are working and you are leading well, you need that rest to recharge. So to circle all of this up, circle all of it up, to circle back, the intention for today's episode was to give you permission to buy back your time and energy. And the number one thing that I have learned from hiring a male business coach that talks a lot about this is how non-emotional they are about it. And so if you're if you're feeling guilty when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm taking away, I'm taking away, that's your guilt to process. That's your anger or resentment to process. And I just, you know, this came, this circled back and came all up for me again while we were jumping into this new project. And I caught myself. It's not about being perfect. It is about catching yourself and having the self-awareness and the courage to redirect and ask for help so you can live in alignment with how you want to feel. That's it. With the success of the Emotionally Uncomfortable podcast, I have decided to take a more behind-the-scenes look or conversation, just to take the conversation one step deeper when it comes to business. Over the last, I don't know, five plus years, I have been working with women behind the scenes, not only feeling successful at home in their personal lives and parenting and health and all of that, but also in their professional lives. So I started a private podcast that's called Emotionally Uncomfortable Attracting Profit. This is for women who own six and seven figure companies who want to figure out how to attract more, more profit, time, money, and energy while also feeling alive and energized. So if this is you, head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash profit. This is a private podcast, so you will not find this on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You have to opt in to get access to it. So we talk about sales. We talk about marketing. We talk about focus and revenue generating habits. And we talk also about things that a lot of people aren't talking about, which is how to stay married when you are a successful woman. 
So head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. I sometimes joke that I wish I taught people how to make green smoothies for a living, but I know I'm doing that because I'm trying to run away from what brings me joy. And what brings me joy is helping women and men, families in general, and children feel alive. And sometimes that journey to feeling alive is painful. It's emotionally uncomfortable and it's not always easy. This is why I created the Aligned Life Quiz. So if you're tired of being tired, you want to stop just surviving and you want to find out exactly where to focus and access realistic tools to confidently manage your energy, emotions, and impact, you can head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash life quiz. It takes you two minutes and it's going to show you. I call them internal leadership skills. Where do you need to focus your energy and attention for the quickest results? And also, which phase are you living in? So head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash life quiz to take the aligned life quiz right now. If you're ready to stop just surviving and you want to start thriving, but you don't know how to manage it all, go there. It will take you two minutes and it will change your life. I also on the inside show you which podcast episodes to listen to based on your quiz results. HeatherChauvin.com forward slash life, L-I-F-E quiz. 